Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Tuesday, April 21st. S&P futures are trading down about 18 points. That is about 50 basis points. Europe is off uh, a percent and a half to 1.7%. And Asia finished in the red across the board. Um, so the S&P futures, despite the the, uh, the dip this morning, are actually pretty resilient and outperforming for some reason versus the other major markets. Um, you know, I, th- I continue to think the question is why they aren't down more. Um, so just to kind of recap a lot of things today, you know, there were there were a lot of headlines to note, although the narrative for the U.S. market is essentially unchanged versus yesterday. So oil obviously is in a ton of focus. Um, you know, this whole WTI crashing into negative prices for certain contracts. Um, I think it's interesting to look at. It certainly provided, um, you know, some entertainment during an otherwise ca- uh, quiet session yesterday. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it changes the dynamic or the outlook or kind of the underlying fundamentals for crude. Um, you know, a lot of the same issues are still um, are still impacting the market. You've had this OPEC plus deal, which is not nothing, but it certainly is not as substantial as I think some people, especially in the in the White House, are playing it out to be. It's not 20 million barrels per day. Um, it also does not start until May, so you still have a few more days to go. The increased oil that was pumped back in March and earlier in April is is on its way to the U.S., and I think this is one of the biggest factors that's causing WTI in particular to, to crash lower. Um, you know, you have all of this oil that is still coming to the U.S. market and you are rapidly running out of storage um, for that oil in the U.S. And so I think that more than anything is kind of contributing to what you're seeing in WTI. Plus, obviously, you're still kind of now in the heart of the corona economic fallout. So, you know, oil demand has collapsed. Supply is not being cut nearly enough to compensate and you're running out of storage for all this incremental oil. Um, there's not really much anyone can do. You know, there's, you know, Trump spoke last night at his daily press conference talking again about banning Saudi crude imports. Um, You know, I think that's some that's empty rhetoric uh, at this point in time. You know, oil will be saved by the same thing that will save the entire markets. When you're going to see economic activity resume, when you're going to see travel resume, et cetera, to increase demand and try to close the supply demand imbalance. Um, You know, Texas officials will meet today and they'll discuss potentially placing a cap on Texas output. Again, that. That will not matter at all, especially since you're only talking about Texas versus a lot of other states in the U.S. that are producing oil. Um, you know, I think it's more of the same. Brent is more relevant, I think, for markets in terms of trying to get a, a gauge of kind of what the actual price is for crude. Um, Brent has held up much better than WTI, but Brent is also down today. So down about 15 percent and taking out the March lows. So you're seeing Brent now set fresh multi-year lows. Um, so obviously, oil is a catastrophe at the moment. Um you know, if that wasn't apparent yesterday, it's it's clear today. Um, not much on the eco data front out overnight. Um, on the stimulus front, you know, Congress continues to negotiate this this PPP refill deal. It looks very likely we'll get to something. Um, you know, it's taking a little bit longer than anticipated, as these things normally do in Congress. These these multi hundred billion dollar pieces of legislation. Um, so it looks like the PPP will get another three hundred fifty billion about, um, and there'll also be some funding for hospitals in there. You could see a formal announcement, you know, in the next 24 hours. 
Uh, market widely assumes this will occur, so I don't think it's going to be major um, for the tape when it when it hits. Um, and just you know, stimulus in general, you, you know, you continue to see levers get pulled on the monetary and fiscal fronts, but the bulk of the actions I think have already been taken in the past. Um, again, going back into late March, and now um, you know the 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 announcements that are occurring at this point in time again are more just incremental. So I think once this this PPP refill deal gets done. I think the next big area that Congress will have to tackle over the coming weeks will be state and local budgets, which are, um, you know, which have deteriorated dramatically given lost revenue as well as increased spending. And given that states have to have balanced budgets, they're going to have to implement enormous spending cuts if they are not going to receive federal assistance from Washington. So um, it looks like they will be some type of a, a state and local budget agreement down the road. Again, probably not until May. Um, and that will probably be several hundred billion dollars as well. Um, Cuomo and Trump will be meeting at the White House today, so there'll be some headlines around that. I don't think there'll be anything market moving. Um, but that is as far as stimulus is concerned. On the earnings front, you had a few big names out um, going back to last night in the U.S., including BHP, Danone, IBM, uh, and SAP. None of them really shifted, I think, the narrative. You know, IBM, I think, it, it echoed what every other single company on the planet pretty much has been saying. That Q1 was tracking. Um, in line to better than expected up until the final weeks of March when the world fell apart and you saw economic activity shift dramatically because of coronavirus lockdowns. Um, and that's essentially the message IBM gave. At the moment, visibility is is does not exist to provide explicit guidance. So IBM says that they'll be giving a more formal outlook when they report Q2 in July. And that that is essentially the message for all intents and purposes for all companies everywhere. Um you know, in terms of the trajectory of earnings, you obviously have certain companies that are benefiting from the environment. So I think Netflix is obviously a big one. They report tonight. Um, you know, this is a stock that has been one of the best performers by far throughout the entire coronavirus crisis. People are expecting, um, you know, a, a surge in uh, subscriber figures when they report tonight. I have a formal preview published in uh, the Vital Dawn. Um, but, you know, this is obviously one I'll be watched very closely, just given that, again, it's it's thought to be a beneficiary. The the net ad numbers on subscribers, um, you know, whispers, they they got it for net ads of about 7 million. Um, print expectations are about eight and a half. And you definitely have whispers that are closer to 9 million. So, um, you know, Netflix will be interesting to watch tonight. And the other big earnings um, out this morning include Coca-Cola. Uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, Synchrony Financial, SYF, which I think will be particularly interesting given that the reserve builds that you saw at the banks last week, the bulk of those builds occurred in credit cards. Um, so I think the SYF reserve numbers of provisioning figures is going to be particularly large and the earnings could be um, especially ugly. So I'm, I'm very curious to see the credit card companies. SYF kicks off earnings for them this morning. Carrying uh, the parent of Gucci reports after the European close, so that's midday in the U.S. And then after the close, again, you have Netflix along with Texas Instruments and then Chipotle are the big ones. Um, again, you have Texas officials will be meeting today to discuss oil output caps. I think it's really uh, largely irrelevant for oil markets. Cuomo and Trump will be meeting at the White House, um, and that is essentially it. Um, in terms of coronavirus, you know, again, there's a ton of, of, uh, articles about lifting the lockdowns, resuming economic activity, how that will work, the pace at which will occur, the various changes that companies are going to be putting in place, safety and procedural changes to help keep employees and customers safe, et cetera. Um, you know, again, I think 
I think people or the market at least is not, the narrative does not, I think, appreciate the nuances of how long that arduous that process will be. Um, and I think that's kind of probably the biggest discrepancy at this point in time as to why the market is overbought above 2,800. Um, and again, I think it's it's a question as to why futures aren't down more just given the price action that's occurring globally. So I continue to think that the S&P should be marking time under 2,800. Um, I don't think there's a big sell-off in store. I think it should be, I think it will hold above 2,600. Um, I just think that um, obviously, you know, we had an enormous rally, 30 plus percent off the lows. Um, and that reflected a lot of the good news that has happened. There have been obviously genuine improvements, especially on the coronavirus front. But I just think that's more than embedded in the market at this point in time. So that is everything for today. There are a few other interesting items. There's some North Korean controversy. Um, uh, you know, a CNN article hit last night about how Kim Jong-un um, is in grave danger following surgery that has been downplayed by South Korea. So unclear kind of how that all will unfold. But, um, you know, it, it sounds like he did have some sort of heart surgery um, and he's recuperating. Um, but again, it doesn't seem like he's in grave danger. Uh, just finally, there is a EU leader summit coming up on Thursday that for some reason is getting a lot more attention um, you know, EU leaders have been holding various different conference calls for the last several weeks, including finance ministers and leaders. So this one for, doesn't strike me as being particularly important versus all the other ones that have occurred. Italy, obviously, is is the focal point right now in Europe, given that it is under the most fiscal stress and it's also grappling with the uh, biggest coronavirus crisis. So, you know, Italy um, obviously is in need of some sort of financial aid. The ESM, which is their crisis um, kind of bailout fund, has been restructured in a way that it will allow Italy to draw down on some of that money. There are a lot of political reasons why Italy is reluctant to do so. Um, you know, so I think Italy is very much in focus into this event. But again, I don't think you're going to see some major announcement. You won't see any type of an agreement around on quote unquote corona bonds. Um, but that's something just to keep in mind uh, heading into Thursday. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.